I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. How you doing? I feel like we have like a lot of stuff to announce today. We've got a lot yeah, going we have on. So much, so much to announce. The first of which is that I got a haircut and I've been on the Zoom for like 20 minutes. You haven't said anything. Oh, no. So we're actually no <laughs> friends. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It so, looks fantastic. Uh, in my defense, you're also wearing two huge headphones on your head, which like right, is right. covering the majority of your hair. And also, practically speaking, we're on a Zoom where my head is about three millimeters wide and my hair is already barely there to begin with. So I guess I'll forgive you. That is the least important of our announcements. Well, <laughs> most important in my heart. Yeah, but we have so much to announce. This is like our morning announcements. You remember morning announcements like in school? Oh, yeah. I need like a little xylophone sound effect like in Greece. There we go. Good morning, boys and girls of Rydell High. Is that her accent? <laughs> the point is everybody in Greece was in no way, shape or form fit to be in a high school, including the principal. Anyway, announcements first. This Wednesday, March 31st, I'm hosting another monthly live show. Last Wednesday of every month, I'm hosting To Be Honest, the game show right on the pewter. It's a virtual live show slash game show where I judge other people in the form of game show questions. You earn points for correctly answering all of my made up questions. There are prizes Last month, the grand prize winner got a $50 Starbucks gift card in a Matt Bellisai merch package. What? Obviously, podcast listeners, you have an advantage because you're basically inside of my brain more than <laughs> anybody else. So you have a leg up and you can win th- those prizes. But either way, it's a lot of fun. And who knows? You might, you might just make some friends along the way. And isn't that always the goal? I mean, the goal is prizes. You could get tickets at mattbellisai.com slash live. And we'll obviously put that in the show notes because I know some of you just can't spell my name. And that's fine. I, I live with that. Next announcement. We're doing another advice episode here on Unhappy Hour. So I want you to give me your questions that you want us to give advice on. Doesn't have to just be dating advice. Okay. It could be anything. You know, your boss won't stop calling you the wrong name. Your dad, you found out he has another family in Croatia. Don't know what to do about that. I know when you listen to this podcast, most people are like, how do I become more like Matt and Barry? They don't seem like messes at all. And like, this is your chance (laughs) to find out how. (laughs) Yeah, we are here to give you some bad advice, no matter (laughs) what your problem is. So if you want to submit a question, you can give our rant hotline a call with whatever you need advice on or email us at unhappyadvice at pineapple.fm. Tweet at us. 
DM Barry if that's easier because she's checking her DMs in ways that I am not. I'm too scared. I have like four followers. So, <laughs> and yeah, we'll be taking your questions until Wednesday, April 7th. All of that info will be in our show notes. And finally, last announcement I feel like we need a drum roll for this one. We promised we would have Unhappy Hour merch by the end of Q1, which is this week. And guess what? We almost made it. (laughs) We almost did. Okay, we're not going to make it by March 31st, but by next week, it'll all be ready if everything works out according to our diabolical plan. Okay, we're putting (laughs) our finishing touches on on all of the shit, and uh, merch will be on sale next week. We'll do an official announcement then once the Mm -hmm. store is live, Mm -hmm. but I just wanted to give you a warning so that you could prepare your selves all right that's it for our announcements okay sorry about it and also you're welcome (laughs) yeah these are all gifts honestly (laughs) all right so what is happening on today's episode well we're gonna kick things off as always with worst things first where i shout about the stupidest most ridiculous worst news of the week after that guess what we're diving deep into your rants that's right we're doing a mini rant hotline this week sometimes we got to share the complaining effort okay Mm -hmm, it can't be mm -hmm. all on my shoulders and finally we've got Channy nicholas on the pod Channy is a new york times a best-selling author and astrologer and Channy is a, a little bit of a different guest because rather than really bitching together, she read my birth chart and basically shit right all over me. Okay. She, sure she told did. me all the ways that the stars are going to fuck me up <laughs> or already have basically since birth. The second I emerged from the womb, I've been <laughs> fucked. <laughs> so let's get into all of that. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, horse things first. Let's talk about the worst news of the week. First, a Georgia man submitted his two-week notice at his job at AOK Hawker Auto Works. This is in Peachtree City in Georgia. He submitted his two-week notice in November, but apparently had some difficulty getting his former employer to give him his final paycheck, which was $915. Uh, And then one morning uh, here in March, he walked outside to see a pile of 90,000 oiled up pennies at the end of his driveway. (laughs) So that's where all the pennies have been going. Yeah. That's about 500 pounds of pennies. Oh, my Lord. And atop the pile was an envelope with his final pay stub and an explicit parting message. Jeez. I looked I looked up multiple articles about this to try to find out what the parting message was and I could not find the text. <laughs> Very upset about <laughs> that. Mystery. I would love to A know. Mystery. If this man listens to the podcast, please let me know what your letter said. <laughs> So, yeah, all of the pennies, I guess they were covered in some type of like oil or grease. You know, where is an auto workshop going to get like oil and grease from? I have no idea. Another mystery. Right. 
And the man, he now you have to, he has to like clean them all off before he's able to cash them in. Can't just take all those greased up pennies to the coin star and plop them in. No. That's not going to work at all. So every night he and his girlfriend like sit down and, and polish off a bunch of pennies. Oh it's like horrible. <laughs> this must win for like most passive aggressive act of 2021 i'm it's we're only a couple months in but this man already won yeah you have to assume that the person who did this is an absolute asshole and if if that is your assumption guess what you're absolutely right (laughs) the link that this boss went to that's the thing that it's like you can't just go and get like ninety thousand penny it's not like that easy no even if you went to the bank got a bunch of pennies in those rolls that had to have been like hundreds of those rolls. Yeah. And then you had to open all of them. Like this, this asshole had to put in all of this work and then cover them in grease. So uh, the man said that he left his job at the auto shop because of a toxic work environment. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the local news like went to the, the owner's house. They asked him if he dropped the pennies. And the owner said, I don't know if I did that or not. I don't really remember. And then the reporter was like, you don't know if you did it or not? And he said, it doesn't matter. He got paid. That's all that matters. He's a fucking weenie for even bringing it up. (laughs) What? What is wrong with you? (laughs) You're making me go up like three octaves. (laughs) It is so much easier to write a check. Yeah, you had to go through all. So much easier. Who's the real weenie now, sir? Okay. And then the reporter was like, why is he a weenie for bringing it up? And the guy was like, because he is. And because you guys give him a platform. I just told you exactly what I had to say. You guys are what's wrong with the world and fuck off my property. Cool. 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 So the former employee said that he and his girlfriend, they're trying to make the most of it. You know, they're like, we're hopefully shedding light on how people are treated poorly. And also they're finding some like really old cool pennies in the pile. He was very excited about finding a penny from 1937. All right. (laughs) Really turn in that lemon into lemonade. Next, a family in Groveland, Florida, only in Florida, called a repairman after their clothes dryer started blowing out a bunch of lint. They, they assumed it was like a jammed motor. But the, uh, the dryer repairman got there, and according to the homeowner, he just stands up and he walks off. He's like, there's a dead snake in there. No. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. Turns out Mm-mm. a snake crawled up in their dryer and died. I don't like that at all. I mean, I guess it makes sense. This is a one advantage of living in New York and not having an in-unit washer dryer because you don't have a nice toasty home for the, a snake to crawl into. Yeah. A dryer does seem like a perfect place for a snake to nest, except for the fact that it would also kill it. Uh, yeah. I have thought so many times about wanting to crawl inside of a dryer. And finally, multiple parts of Australia are being overrun by swarms of rats. And now hordes of spiders and snakes are rising up with them. Why? Must be Passover because we got ourselves some plagues. Ayo, happy Passover, everybody. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Okay, so first the rats. So basically a bunch of like rural communities in Australia are suffering the worst plague of mice in decades 
after a, a bumper grain harvest, and I had to look that up, apparently it just means the grain harvest was bumping, you know? Oh, hell it was yeah. like, holy shit, we, <laughs> this place is bumping with grains. And now mice. Mice are just everywhere. It's like that scene in Ratatouille where the mice are just running all over. No, 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 no. Uh, according to one Australian farmer, at night, the ground is just moving with thousands and thousands of mice just running around. <laughs> Getting southern there. <laughs> that was like 80% there. That was the best you've ever done. Yeah. So supermarkets, they have to like start storing their food in a bunch of sealed containers. I guess at least three patients are in the hospital after being bitten by mice. Jeez. Yeah. A rodent expert said, you can imagine. <laughs> no, I lost it. <laughs> You can imagine that every time you open a cupboard... No, I just have no idea. <laughs> you can imagine that every time you open a cupboard, every time you go to your pantry, there are mice. Oy. They're eating into your food containers, fouling your clean linen, running across your bed at night. Nightmare. Oh, my God. This is making me grateful for the mouse situation we have in my <laughs> apartment, which is like absolutely minimal compared right. to this. So honestly, grateful for Rosemary, the mouse we have. But now um, Australians closer to the coasts are getting hit with record breaking rains and flooding and swarms of spiders and snakes are escaping the like rising water and like getting into people's houses literally like there's nope. videos you're in my absolute nightmare <laughs> like i'm horrified by this and um godspeed this is literally like how the original plagues happened i read a book about it i did <laughs> at the beginning of the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah there was a giant volcanic explosion and then all the animals like rose up out of the water and then Everybody who wrote the Bible was like, oh, my God, it's God. Anyway, <laughs> that's it for this week's Worst Things First. If you want to hear and see even more stories that were brutally cut by our editors from this week's episode, you can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash and see those bonus stories, including all of the ridiculous extra commentary that I... Uh, that I sprinkle in like salt bay, you know, oh. where I just, uh, oh. I just sprinkle on it on that meat. Topical. Exactly. Next, you called the rant hotline and we're diving deep into a few of your complaints. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. All right, it's time for our favorite kind of episode, a rant hotline episode. The rant hotline, if you're new here, is exactly what it sounds like. The unhappy hour hotline where you, the listener, get to call in and send us your rants because it's exhausting. It's exhausting for me to be the only one complaining about everything all of the time. But also, we're a community of complainers, right? Okay. Oh, yeah. We're going to spread the love amongst all of us. Um, spread the hate, really, in the most loving way possible. So let's get into some of our rants this week. Let's hear you, bitch. You've reached the voicemail box of Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate. So why don't you leave us your rant after the beat? 
so this is happening to me right now, and I'm fucking pissed about it. I work for a company of, like, 50 people, and so it's very much that, like, we're all family, you know, kind of a vibe, which is, like, (laughs) great, except when somebody announces that we've just won work, like, oh, we've won work with X client, like, super excited about it. They send the email out to everyone, and then everyone at the fucking company thinks that they have to reply all and say, congrats. Literally, that's it. They say, congrats, excited, woohoo, <laughs> quickest win, congrats, woohoo, to reply all to everyone. Everyone. Literally, I'm sitting here over the last five minutes. I've gotten like 13 fucking emails. Reply all. Everyone's saying, oh, congrats. <laughs> so excited. Like, look, Sandra, I don't give a shit. If you say congrats, just reply to the person who originally sent the email. Absolute nightmare scenario. And hard agree. I also want to let you know, lovely, lovely listener, this is not just like a small 50-person company issue. This is a giant corporation, hundreds of people on an email list chain issue. Like, people abuse that reply all function. Yeah. Well, there is, yeah, there's the uh, reply all in general issue, which is like, this is a step you need to really, uh, they should, where's Clippy? You know what I mean? Where's that little paper clip that pops up and says, are you sure you want to click that button? Are you sure what you have to say is wise enough for hundreds of people to see? That should be like the reply all button should have like two factor authentication. You should have to press like the nuclear codes. Like (laughs) two people should have to twist the key at the same time in order for you to send that reply all. Mm -hmm. Thank God I don't get reply all emails anymore. Next rant. Hi, Matt and Barry. Long time listener, first time caller, which is surprising because I have a lot to complain about. Mm -hmm. But my recent complain is hotel breakfast okay i like hotel breakfast itself it's easy convenient free however Mm -hmm. why is it so goddamn early Mm. at the last hotel i stayed at it was 5 a.m to 9 a.m on a saturday why am i going to be up at a hotel at 5 a.m on a saturday the earliest it should be is 11 brunch hours should apply to hotel breakfast yes I I agree. I also feel like it should correspond with when you check out. However, I also think checkout times are way too early. You expect me to be fully out of the hotel by that time? Absolutely not. Yeah. This is, yeah, entirely a separate issue, but I think that is insane. (laughs) 11 a.m. is when my day starts at the earliest and you need me to be out by then? No. But also, if I show up early, I expect to be able to get into my room. So I'm really... <laughs> yeah, no matter you know, what. <laughs> I'm what they call a difficult customer. <laughs> uh, but, okay, yeah, initially I gasped over this because hotel breakfast, to me, there's nothing more luxurious than ordering hotel breakfast. There's two types. There's There's room service breakfast, and then there's... Like hotel buffet breakfast. Which I think is what this listener is talking about. (laughs) Right. Honestly, yeah, both are ideal. Both are luxurious. I would absolutely, I go ham at a breakfast buffet. I get overwhelmed. I'll tell you that. I'm like, do I want the rubbery eggs? Do I want the rubbery bacon? Do I want all of it? The muffins? A lot of muffin selection going on. Yeah. Which I always There's always that like 
glass dome, mm-hmm. not even glass. It's like a plastic Definitely dome plastic. that you lift up. <laughs> and then there's a muffin there that has been, that was baked, you know, a couple presidencies ago. <laughs> and uh, I, I enjoy it every time. Uh, anyway, great rant, hard agree. Breakfast it's not really a time. It's it's a state of mind. Mm. One that I'm always in. Next rant. Hi, Matt and Barry and potential listeners. Um, I'm here to tell you a story about my um, lovely upstairs neighbor. He is a 22-year-old man-child oh, no. who is just the most privileged little, little bitch. He... <laughs> Even before COVID times, did not have a job. He's not studying. He's literally just like, he exists in this apartment that his parents own. So his parents own this building that I live in. And the dude just like watches loud action movies at 3 a.m. every fucking night, every single night. <laughs> and I am so done with it. So I, I tried to talk to him about it. He wouldn't talk to me about it. So I contacted his mother which is, she's also my landlady. And um, here, here is the reason she says that um, he cannot, she's not going to intervene and tell her sweet little baby child to, um, like, abide by regular, like, sleeping hours. Um, she said, and I quote, what do you expect him to do after a long, hard day? Come home and read a book? <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, let me just think that let that sink in for a second. This child who does not work, does not do anything, just exists in this apartment that his parents own. Yeah, he he has to watch T V at three AM because he he can't read a book. And when I like literally offered to like give him a TV to put in the other room, like so it's not right above my bedroom. We're like, no, we can't put a TV there because there's already a TV in the other room. I'm like, dude, just watch TV in the other room. Like, it's about hard. Oh, Uh. ridiculous people. Ridiculous people. That is my rant. Thank you. Wow. That one felt cathartic. I I could tell the relief she felt getting that off her chest. Oh, we have all been there. Yeah, I'm so worried about being that neighbor that like, yeah, but I I never am. I know it's really hard to tell in your apartment what what sound is escaping through the walls and what is not. Yeah, I have like, no idea. Like, do you just have very quiet neighbors or are the walls very thick? It's, it's hard to tell. But in this person's case, it sounds like the walls are very thin and the movies are very loud. I hate that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I am. I feel very um, clearly. I'm uncomfortable with the situations in which I feel powerless. I don't know. That's a weird way of saying that. <laughs> I I hate the idea that you have like no authority to appeal to. Yeah. Because the the person that you have to you have to contact is his mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Like I, I operate well in situations where I'm able to, to tell uh, an adult. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm want, the man child. Cause like, is the next route is the next course of action, something passive aggressive fighting fire with fire. Is it turning this podcast up and letting Matt's nasally voice and my <laughs> high pitch laugh just radiate through the walls yeah. at 3am? 
if you any know? sound is going to get back at them, it's my <laughs> voice for sure. My dolphin uh, laugh. <laughs> yeah. I think you have to be careful because obviously you, uh, listener, or would be more at risk of getting retaliated against because... Yeah. Yeah, you do something that's passive aggressive to try to get back at them. And then his mom is like, guess what? You have to move out. Mm, that's true. So you that's, be careful. That's a tough but situation. You, it sounds like went through all the necessary steps to be nice and ask and offer another television. I would never do that. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> that is, you are way better of a person than me. Yeah. I don't I've never had to get back at a neighbor for being too loud, though. No, I had a na- my upstairs neighbor at my old apartment. He was like a super nice guy. But then he got a huge TV and speaker system in the room above ours. And he would just play video games, but like specifically war video games until Ugh. like four in the morning. And our walls would be vibrating, actually vibrating by the just like the sound of guns. But we knew that we were moving out in like a month. So we were like, fuck it, we're not going to we're not going to make a big deal and now my neighbors actually we like exchange numbers and i did mention to them that like your music is quite loud after this certain hour and they were like thank you for letting me know and they fully respect the hours now so yeah but what do you do when it's like they don't even acknowledge that they're or they just don't care that they're a problem i think you should maybe just get them some books (laughs) just really (laughs) shove it in their face clearly he's not going to read that book (laughs) Uh, yeah, you just gotta, you gotta do that handy, get a broomstick yep. and start banging on the ceiling. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully calling us helped alleviate some of that frustration. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, the best course of action is just to scream about it. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, then blast my voice. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for our little uh, rant hotline deep dive. We'll do a whole episode again of rant hotlines um, soon. So make sure you call in with your shit. That's 601-600-RANT. You can call in with your own rant at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. I also just want to take a second um, because we don't go through the rant hotline like super regularly. And I heard a voicemail from back in February. You know, we get a whole variety of voicemails of different types of complaints. Uh, but but sometimes we also have gotten some like pretty, pretty intense voicemails from people who sound like they're really, really going through it. And I just want to say like, we love you. We're here for you. We hope that you're okay. And Matt and I often talk about how important therapy is as a resource for us. But I also want to remind listeners that and that you can also call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. It provides 24-7 free and confidential support. So that number is 1-800-273-8255. We'll put it in the show notes too. We love you. Take care of yourselves and keep on ranting. Love you. All right. Next up, we got Channy Nicholas on the pod right after this commercial break.
I'm Bobby Finger. And I'm Lindsay Weber. And I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're going to love. Who Weekly is a podcast about everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Does celebrity news stress you out? Are there too many people you've literally never heard of? Check out Who Weekly, a podcast hosted by Lindsay Weber and me, Bobby Finger. Each episode goes deep into the biggest Who Liberty stories of the moment. And if you're still confused, we even have a weekly call-in episode where we'll answer the most burning listener queries. Who Weekly airs twice weekly with brand new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. Listen and follow Who Weekly on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Well, my guest complainer today is astrologist and author Chani Nicholas. Her book, You Were Born for This, Astrology for Radical Acceptance, a New York Times bestseller. Uh, And her app Chani just dropped for iPhone. She weaves activism and social justice into her readings. And I am so excited to dive into all of it. Welcome. Is it astrologist or astrologer? Love the question. I and everybody I know goes by astrologer. Okay, okay. That's what, as I said it, I was like, that doesn't sound quite right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very excited, mostly because I I like the idea of having things to blame all of my shit on. You know, I just, I don't want to take any responsibility. Every problem in my life, I want to be able to point to a specific star and say, this is your goddamn fault. And I take absolutely no responsibility for it. That's definitely how I like roll. That's how I (laughs) encourage people to use astrology. Good, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Um, Well, I normally start by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? I hate celebrating my birthday. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. I feel very (laughs) When is your birthday? I don't tell anybody. Okay, so it's just a secret. We're not... (laughs) That's perfectly fine. (laughs) I'm like very like, don't celebrate me. I don't want the attention. I'm very uncomfortable with that kind of thing. I'm working on it. I'm trying to work on it, but it's just... is that it? Is it just the um, fact that everybody feels compelled to like turn it into a whole big deal and like you have to do stuff and? No, I just don't like attention that way. Yeah, like it makes me deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, I have never really been a birthday person myself. Yeah, I think the older you get, the more pressure it feels like there is on you to like that. You you basically have to throw your own and then shit. people don't come right, and then right. you cry. <laughs> And it's just like, it's such a day of like, oh, wow, that expectation also is plummeting exactly. to the ground. And yeah. here's all my abandonment issues. That's really what it is. <laughs> right. It's like a day to revisit my deepest abandonment issues. Exactly. I don't need a day for that. No, I could deal I ha- with that every, every day. single day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I do want to get into all of the fun stuff. We sent over my info so that you could read my chart. So we actually, we had Philip Picardi on the podcast and he was like, you have to have Chani read your chart. She'll read you for filth. Uh, He prepared (laughs) me. (laughs) But before we get into all of that, I want, you know, everybody to learn more about you. I guess we could start with just like, how's your year been? Yeah. So like this time last year, I had just finished my book tour Mm -hmm. like a couple weeks before. And then I, then we started to go into building the app and I feel like life was moving so incredibly fast before the pandemic, but I often was like, I don't know how to keep this up and do everything in my life. And so the pandemic like came 
And I don't know if we would have been able to accomplish the massive amount of work that has to go into an app Mm -hmm. if we wouldn't have been like quarantined. And like if my wife and I didn't have to like stay at home and just focus, just staying in one place, I think maybe made it a little bit more attainable. Yeah. Now we have like a whole company around the app. And so I feel like it's been massively transformational, but I also have like an incredible amount of anxiety now because my FOMO at first didn't know what to do with quarantine because I was like, I don't have a job anymore. Yeah. And now I'm like, do I start to feel FOMO again all the time? I don't know where to put it. Right. How do you feel? Yeah. I am feeling all of those same feelings. First of all, the being a year into this, any silver lining that you can look back on is a good thing. So I, you know, the fact that you put an app together and, uh, you know, have this burgeoning business is is amazing. (laughs) I've done absolutely nothing. (laughs) I hung up a curtain. It's going great. (laughs) But yeah, now we're in this point where it's like, okay, everyone's getting vaccinated. And I don't want to be one of those people, uh, obviously, and anybody who gets a vaccine, I'm, I'm so happy for them. I have FOMO now about a vaccine. Right. There is genuine vaccine FOMO. Um, I have heard because I was re-listening to uh, the episode of Philip's podcast that you were on you sort of talked about how like 2020 astrologically was a pretty fucked up year like even before 2020 started that's the official astrological read of it pretty fucked up (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna be bad right (laughs) so it seems like we we sort of knew that this was coming or at least people who study this sort of thing knew 2020 was going to be something to prepare for Were you sort of girding yourself for this? My loins were, yeah, totally. You know, as an astrologer, (laughs) you're like, how do you deliver this kind of bad news without knowing exactly who it's going to be bad for and in what ways it's going to be bad? And Mm -hmm. that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. So then you have to like, you have to like announce it in some way that might be productive or like helpful for folks with, because I don't believe in like inducing fear with any of this stuff. It's like, okay, how can we be mm-hmm. proactive? It taught me the most about astrology, I think, that almost anything ever has. 2020 or that specific moment? 2020. 2020, every moment. Because <laughs> I was like, this can't be that bad, can it? <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, it's, oh my God, oh, it's worse than we thought. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. So it taught me about, like, all not to take anything for granted, right. I think, both as an astrologer and as a human, obviously. Right. How do you sort of, I don't know how to phrase this question, because astrology is not fortune telling, no. um, as I as I understand it. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not trying to say like next week you're going to win one hundred dollars yeah. or whatever. That's my that's my parody of, a, of an astrologer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why I would not make a good fortune teller also, because I'm only promising someone one hundred dollars, which is not if I'm going to promise someone something, know, it should be <laughs> Drug fortune telling would be cute. (laughs) Why not? Exactly. New show idea. We just came up with it. (laughs) I will order my crystal ball. Um, But also, I feel like people are probably like, okay, what what is the rest of 2021 going to look like? You know, uh, how do you... Is it just kind of like vibes? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. There's definite time periods, which is why astrology can be helpful. Because you're like, this time period sucks. This time period Mm -hmm. is going to be challenging in this way. This time period is going to be great in this way. 
And so, you know, a lot of astrologers, myself included, have been talking about the fact that come midway through May until the end of July is actually, there's uh, asterisks and addendums and footnotes to what I'm about to say, but there's like the first kind of moment of something really helpful and quite lovely mm-hmm. and also very connective that's happening for the first time in a long time, like a year and a half. Right. And so, you know, a lot of astrologers have been like, oh, the spring actually looks good. It actually looks like something mm-hmm. that feels like pleasing and like circulating and like not stuck and contracted, which is what 2020 was like, this massive contraction. So we knew that there was going to be economic downturns and we knew that there was going to be something that felt heavy and burdensome and something that was going to happen that was going to mark 2020 for the history books. We knew that as astrologers. We just didn't know how. And so then when that happened, we are like, okay. And then now we feel like from, again, May into the end of July, there's like this, there's a portal out of that, out of that constriction right. and back into expansion. And so it feels really joyous. It also feels like, you know, we might be so hungry for it that might be like we might overdo and overcompensate for all the things that we feel like we've been starving for. But whatever. Right. <laughs> as long as we do it safely or safely enough. So obviously that's a time where probably, hopefully more people will be vaccinated. Sure, so sure. I feel like the first time in a while where we can, we have a little bit more freedom. I hope so. Yeah. That's what I'm prepared for. <laughs> we're going balls out in, in spring. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we're going to be so extra. Oh. All of us are just going to be like naked. It'll just be pride every day. I don't even know. It really better be. This feels like such a basic question, but what was your kind of first introduction to astrology and the moment you were like, I'm going to this, I'm going to make a career out of this. Two very different answers. My first introduction to astrology, I was like really, really young. I didn't know what was happening, but this woman like looked down at a book of, you know, what I know to be an ephemeris, so a list of where all the planets were. And she asked me what my birthday was. And I told her and she looked up at me and she was like, you're very judgmental. And I, <laughs> and I thought, yes, yes, I am. Uh-huh. And I was quite proud of it. Um, so I didn't know what was going on. But then at 12 years, I think that was around eight. And so at 12 years old, I went for my first full reading with my stepmom mm-hmm. and dad and stepbrother and sister. And it was a new kind of family formation. Um, and it was really helpful because the astrologer was like, oh, you work like this, but your stepsister works like this and your stepmom is like this. And it, she was really able to like parse out how different we were. Mm-hmm. And so it was really helpful. She really helped me contextualize why I was the brand of bananas that I am. And um, <laughs> she wrote a book and I got the book and then I've been studying astrology ever since. I didn't want to be a professional astrologer though. It wasn't something that I wanted to do, but as mm-hmm. fortune would have it, nothing else in my life worked out. <laughs> I failed miserably at everything else. And astrology was like, hi. I love how that works. And I was like, oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> You're the one who I'm like, and not because I didn't love it. I just thought like, that's not a profession. Like, like you can't like be an astrologer and like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just didn't click for me for so long. So yeah, I really fought it. And then as soon as I was like, okay, fine, let's go. Then it was like, oh, finally. And then everything worked out. <laughs> but into, up until then, it was just like massive struggle and, you know, really not <laughs> any money. And like, it was, I was just like, 
what is my life about? Right. And then I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to help people figure out what their lives are about. Cool. Is that how you see it? As like you are helping people sort of like figure out what their shit is? That's a technical term. Yeah. I think that what astrology is really good at is it's it's incredible at giving you a blueprint for your life and the blueprint of your Mm -hmm. potential. And then it's up to you how you want to live that out. But if you forsake this blueprint, I think that a lot of misery comes. <laughs> but if you if you lean into it, I think a lot of possibility opens okay. up. Okay, vaguely threatening. <laughs> I I promise to listen to everything you say. Well, you know, it's like so. Can we go into your chart? Let's do it. I mean, I'll start with saying like I understand the basics here. Most people will ask, like, what's your sign? And they're referring to your son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know some terms that I sprinkle in as if I know what I'm talking about, but I actually don't. What I do know is that your chart is a snapshot of kind of the formation of the stars at the moment you were born. Yes. Right? Did you get that from me? That's my tagline. <laughs> uh, probably. But why is that important? So astrology is about time. Astrology is tells you the quality of each and every moment of each and every day. And so the moment that you're born is a constellation of its own. And mm-hmm. you are the breathing embodiment of that amulet of that moment. So you are imbu- your life is imbued with these qualities because of the moment that you were born and because of how the sky looked when that happened. Okay. And so for thousands of years, astrologers have been like, oh, well, been like watching and being like, oh, well, when that planet does that, it marks the life in this way. And that makes this person really suitable for this kind of thing. Or it means that these kinds of events will coalesce around this person's life. Uh Let's go into my chart, I guess. <laughs> I'm ready to be read for Phil. This, that's what that's what Philip prepared me for. <laughs> well, the first thing that we like when I one of the things that jumped out at your chart is of course you're a Leo. Mm-hmm. You know this. I know and so that. the sun yeah. is super strong in Leo. So when a planet is really strong, it has to it does its thing without a lot of variables getting in the way. And what does the sun do? It shines. So the sun is mm-hmm. here to demonstrate, to perform, to mm-hmm. highlight, and to entertain. It's here to draw focus. So, sure, sure. So, and then we look and see, well, where is your sun in your chart? Well, it's in the 11th house of groups okay. and communities and people. And it's right next to the south node. Now, the south node is a place where eclipses happen. So you were born just after and right before an eclipse. One of the signatures is like, okay, so you've got this really strong sun. It needs to shine. Your friends are really important. Your communities are really important. Like what I would have said to your parents when you were young is like, okay, this little one is like, there's a part of them that needs to be like mayor of mayor town and uh-huh. like leader or in some way drawing attention to them. Not that, that your childhood was easy or that it was easy to like get attention, but there's something that's always pulling focus to you in groups of people, Mm -hmm. like that's a really important piece of it. So I would have been like, you know, get them into an improv class or into some kind of like thing where they can release this energy and figure out how to use their sensitivity in a way that can give them the applause that they need. Cause you need applause. You need, you need the feedback from the audience. It's so important to you. It's like, you don't really know 
where you are unless you know where your people are, where your audience is, where your friends are, like where the people, where your folks are. That's such a huge part of your identity. Mm -hmm. But your sun is conjunct. It's right next to the south node, which is again, where eclipses happen. But the south node is about giving out. So you actually, Matt, you have like this, I don't know if you end up like giving away too much, but you have this thing where you, you have to like, just kind of pour out your creative energy in a way that's like, it might leave you drained at times, or it might leave you feeling like, do I get the thing back? But there's this need to entertain in this way where you're just like constantly needing to put yourself out there. And it is about generosity in a way. It's like you want to like, I don't know, do you, does that resonate for you when I say that? It's like you give a lot out. You're always putting out to the community. You're always like, okay, I got this thing and I came up with this thing and I want to like perform this thing and like release, 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 release. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that resonates most is literally requiring applause. All the time. Uh, <laughs> if I don't get constant validation, I am, I am a shriveled shell of a human being. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you can understand why the last year has been particularly difficult. No, like for your chart, it's hell. This is like a problem. Yeah. yeah. It is like, who do I, is this thing on? Is that, where's yeah. the feedback? I need feedback. And there's no end to what you'll give on the stage, whatever stage that is, whether it's a bar stool or a recording booth right, a or, literal stage yeah right. it doesn't matter it's like you're always on stage you are always mm -hmm. in this like mode of performing and you're like wait I got another one I've got more I've got like there's always mm -hmm. this like endless mm -hmm. kind of bag of tricks that you want to dip into so when you were a kid how does that how did that work out when I was a kid I feel like I definitely like liked the stage you know I wanted to be in school plays and all mm -hmm. of that so, I mean I'm talking like literally being on stage but I, I feel like I was incredibly shy and introverted, probably until college. Mm -hmm. I feel like I never really identified with that idea of a Leo until the last maybe like 10, so 15 years. So that's yeah. really interesting because one of the things about your chart is you're a Libra rising. And so that gives you a need to like be in the middle and like see everybody's side and be really likable mm -hmm. and approachable and all of that. And what it gives us is a very important planet in your chart, which is Venus. She steers the direction of your life. So wherever Venus is in your chart, we know that if you don't go to that area of life, it's going to suck. So mm -hmm. your Venus is in the 10th house of career. Okay. No idea what that means. You are steered. Your life direction is steered towards career. That's not true for everybody. Okay. So if you don't feel like your Venus is also the... She's the, obviously the goddess of love and connection and relationship, but also of art and of pleasure and of like creating pleasurable things. If you mm -hmm. didn't follow a pursuit of the career of your choice and that if that career of choice didn't have something to do with art and pleasure and enjoyment, it would be a real bummer for you. Mm -hmm. So career's huge for you. So all of a sudden we see like career's massive, very important. It's also where you have a lot of luck, I would say. I don't know if you agree with that, but I think that you have <laughs> a lot I, of I luck. would say yes. Could use a little bit more of it. Just for the record, if the planets are listening, I would, I would like a little more luck. <laughs> 
That's not how we approach a goddess. We say thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, yes. Thank you for all Roses the luck. Roses at your I'm feet. So sorry. Here's now I honey. piss them off. Yeah, don't do that, man. Um, but the interesting thing is that your Venus, again, the planet that is like, this is the direction I'm going in, and this is the planet that supplies you with a lot that you need in life. It's in Cancer, which is a very, very protected sign, and it's a very sensitive sign. And so mm-hmm. while you have this Leo, like, you know, brave, warm, like, you know, bombastic, performative sun, the planet that steers the direction of your life is actually quite tender mm-hmm. and also a little cautious and really wants security, actually. And so mm-hmm. there's this need to be able to create security for yourself through your career. Mm-hmm. Like the ruler of your chart is the connector. She's here to build relationships. And it's like, this is what I'm here to do. I need to be in connection. But there's also this thing where you want to build connections that feel really safe and secure. So you want to know like, who's on your side? Who's on, who really has your back? Like your son can go out there and be like, hey y'all. And like, I don't need, you know, like let's just have a party. But there's this other thing in you that comes out in your career. That's like, I need to know that we're like, building a bond here Mm -hmm. and that there's something really familial almost about how you work in your career, I would think. How does that resonate for you? Yeah, I require everybody, if you're going to come to a show, if we're going to work together, I need like, I need you to sign a pledge of loyalty. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm hearing. And that's also what I've experienced. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there's a neediness to Cancer, sure, yeah. we might say. That is the word. Yeah, yeah that's the one I was looking yeah, for. It's like, uh-huh. I need you to love that. I need to know that you're here, like you're in it with me. Now, the interesting thing is that your Venus is sitting with Chiron, which is the wounded healer. And so there's something about also like tackling what hurts that's important to your career. Mm-hmm. There's an emotional undertone um, to what it is that you're doing. And I don't know if this resonates with you, but it's like of, of wanting to have something that feels healing in some kind of way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then there's Jupiter's right there too. So you have, this is what I'm saying. You've got like a super lucky setup. You've got both planets that do good in your chart up in your 10th house of career. So everyone can see it. And Jupiter's in an extra special position, meaning it can bring you a lot of abundance. And they're sitting up there in a way that's just like they rule. So it allows you to be big in the world and to feel Mm -hmm. like you've got a lot, again, to give because you you're able to do this thing that comedians are able to do, which is to extrovert that, to own it and say, like, yes, I am this. This is these are the insides. Oh, yeah. I feel like that is also it's through laughter, but it is actually tremendously healing. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Yeah. And then Jupiter is also like, this is my wound. Like, let me open my chest and spill it all out in a really cute way that makes people like you. That's good. That's good. That's what I'm after. Yeah. (laughs) And then we've got a Sagittarius moon. So even though the needy cancer stuff might be right up front, your Sag moon is like, but let me spin this into a joke for you Um, and put it in a way that feels like attention grabbing. So your sun Mm -hmm. and your moon are both fire signs. So that's all about being special and garnering attention and moving with your inspiration. Mm -hmm. And those two things might sometimes be like, what the, what if, why (laughs) is that happening? Um, But there's Uh that, there's uh that need to like move 
So do you have any questions? Do you want me to keep going? Do you want me to talk about the year? I think my 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 question throughout all of it was, you know, there is one sense where you sort of are using this to understand yourself as you are, but then there's the other sense of like, now what do I do with this? Yes. And how do I reorient myself so that I'm making the most out of yes, this time, this information? Yeah. yeah. And again, astrology is just about time. So you're in a two and a half year time period where your creative projects need you to give them boundaries. Sure. Yeah. I'll let them know <laughs> because they, <laughs> uh, yeah, they haven't heard from me in a little while. Yeah. They probably deserve an update. <laughs> yeah. We also need to let the electric company know, the landlord, just that, you know, Saturn is not really, we're not really feeling it right now. Um, I don't know if they take this in exchange for a rent check. Well, this is the rent <laughs> check. That out. Saturn is like rent is due. <laughs> I see. I see. You're not your 23 anymore. <laughs> you need to get your shit together. Saturn is the planet of age and aging us. And like, it's the time. It's like, this is time. And so your Saturn return, which you just finished, is always like, TikTok. Oh yeah, yeah. The eggs are drying up. My <laughs> my ovaries are exactly. Yeah, they're shriveled. Yeah. I mean, you're very very young, so we're joking, but <laughs> it's a time of like, oh, if I actually want to do that thing that I keep saying I'm going to do, I actually have to plan it out. Yeah. Well, Philip was absolutely right. I do feel personally attacked, <laughs> and uh, my work here is done. <laughs> I do feel like my listeners will have benefited from hearing that I do require them to listen and to provide me with applause constantly. There's never enough. Yeah, <laughs> literally, <laughs> right. A bottom. Um, the one area that we didn't really touch on, which many people use astrology as guidance for, is dating, and more and more you hear the okay what time were you born I need to punch your info into my app so that I know whether to even talk to you I hate it so much maybe that's the thing that I hate that everybody else loves I don't think you should even think about people's astrology until you know them okay it's none of your business and most times you're gonna mistake the thing that you think you know about astrology because you want to judge somebody, which Mm -hmm. I don't think is cute. Do you think any sign is eligible with any other sign? Yes, I do. Because that's only your sons. Right. You have to look at the whole entire chart and the other whole Mm -hmm. entire chart and see where there's overlap. You really have to have a nuanced understanding of how charts go together to understand. But it's the most important thing is like, is this a good human? Do you like them? Right. Can we just start (laughs) with the basics? And then we can add stuff on after you get to know them. Well, thank you. Uh, that was so much fun slash haunting. And I <laughs> have a lot of reflection to do. Um, but I also hope that people, you know, if you haven't gotten your chart read or, or you know, want to learn more, that they check all of your stuff out. Tell me about the app before we let you go. So um, the app is a place for you to learn all about yourself. It's a, it's not like the other astrology apps. You do not plug in other people's data and info and see if mm-hmm. they're a good match for you. It's really like you get to learn about yourself and there's meditations and there's journaling situation. And I give readings for each sign every week and there's a podcast and it's everything you'd want to know about your chart. Um, and then some, and it's been really amazing. We've had really great feedback. And I think it's the most personalized 
um, astrology writing out there. And the app is Chani, right? Yeah. For a person who doesn't <laughs> like to celebrate her birthday, I named an app after me. <laughs> it's called me and I'm, I have great shame about it all the time. But yes, it's C-H-A-N-I. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. And uh, I hope everybody goes and checks out everything. And I hope we all have a less chaotic spring. May, June, July. Yeah. It's going to be good. Thank you so much. Thanks, Matt. All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. This week, I wanted to shout out Raquel Willis and Chase Strangio. They're both trans activists they're uh, always doing amazing work. This past week, they organized uh, Transgender Week of Visibility and Action, which we're kind of reaching the end of by the time you're listening to this. But um, it highlights all of these horrible, hateful laws that a bunch of politicians and a whole bunch of states are trying to pass. So every few days, Raquel and Chase, they're focusing on like a different state uh, and what you can do in those states to help. Really, I just wanted to, because we're kind of at the end of this week of action that they planned, but both Raquel and Chase are are such a- amazing people to follow because, you know, they're always doing this type of like amazing organizing work and uh, making them a part of your feeds is only going to make your feed's that much more amazing. So the next week of action that they uh, come out with, you'll be able to hop on board from the beginning. Also, it's not too late. <laughs> you can you could go and follow them and, and see all of the great stuff that they're doing uh, on an ongoing basis. So we'll put their handles in the show notes. Uh, also link to their Transgender Week of Visibility and Action. And also hopefully have them on the show sometime soon. Also, while we're here, wanted to check ourselves uh, because, you know, acknowledging harm, it's part of repair, people. Because in Hot Guy March Madness, we did talk about how um, we barely know anything about Maluma and did kind of assume that he only spoke Spanish. And uh, as, uh, as a listener pointed out, that was wrong. <laughs> so wanted to acknowledge that, that, you know, that was our unconscious bias, also a bit of a microaggression. <laughs> um, my apologies specifically to Maluma and um, we'll do better. That's what the segment is about. Yes, it is. All right. Let's get in to the TV we've been watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? You know, I haven't really picked up anything new. I am continuing on that Riverdale train. So that's that's about it. How about you? What's your TV chaser this week? I have been diving into the world of Miss Julia Child. Ooh. Ever heard of her? <laughs> Never, not once. <laughs> um Honestly, I feel like it's like cliche to talk about Julia Child. Thanks a lot, Julie of <laughs> Julie and Julia. She ruined it for everybody else. I realized like everything I knew about Julia Child was based on the seminal f- film by Nora Ephron, Julie and Julia, Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, it started when I uh, I was making a recipe from the series that she had in the 90s called Baking with Julia. And uh, I made this like brioche tart Mm -hmm. and uh, I 
found that PBS has an app um, and you can watch all of the old episodes of Amazing. Baking with Julia, but also like the French chef and all of Julia Child's old uh, videos. Because I didn't really realize that she was like a public television. That's like where she started. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was mm-hmm. like her entire presence was on public television. I love it. Which means it's free. And yeah, I like, I don't know. I, I feel like I, like I said, I, everything I know about her, I know from that one movie. <laughs> so I, um, I like got a book about her that I'm reading and I want to learn more about. She like invented the Food Network, basically. Basically. Anyway, I love it. Baking with Julia and all of Julia Child's stuff. What is your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is that I went through my entire closet, my entire wardrobe, all my drawers, and I, without even really thinking, I was just like, this goes, this goes, this goes. This hasn't fit me in three years and certainly not going to start fitting me now. Uh, and I was just like, fuck it. And I, I just made a donate pile and a possibly sell pile and it Mm -hmm. felt amazing it just felt so good to get those things out of my closet to not have it be on my mind anymore it's that spring cleaning kind of feeling uh and it really did bring me joy i also did all that while listening to the fellowship of the ring because i have (laughs) started listening to the fellowship of the ring and it has been bringing me quite a lot of joy as well um, that's been my like nighttime routine, uh, and it's it's been doing wonders. So yeah, so calming. So calming. What about you? What's your non TV chaser this week? Mine is a podcast that you recommended. <gasps> my influence, as always. Whenever I recommend a podcast, you must listen to all of this podcast before you go listen to <laughs> anything else. Um, but yeah, it's called Working It Out with Mike Birbiglia. I am a big fan of Mike Birbiglia. He's a comedian slash like, you know, he he's often put in that box of like, is it comedy or is it like a one man show? And it doesn't (laughs) fucking matter. But anyway, I identify with that. Uh, And he started this show at the beginning of the pandemic because he was like, normally as a comedian, you would go to a comedy club a bunch of times and like work out material while you're putting together an hour of material that you would film for a special. And uh, he uh, decided to uh, start a podcast where every week he has a different comedian or funny person on and he kind of like works out jokes with them. But he also, it is kind of like, uh, it gets kind of like philosophical and Mm -hmm. like, you know, he, he asks them the questions that he like asks himself when he's working on projects like you know what's a smell from childhood that you can like instantly remember uh to try to get out like fun stories from right. people it can get a little like insider baseball-y it's comedy su- world yeah it's super about process but obviously we're really into that so it's right really right. fun so yeah, I obviously am I'm overselling it because I love it as a comedy person um but I think everybody will like it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's it for today's show. What an action-packed show. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want even more Unhappy Hour shit, and you know you do, head straight to my Patreon page. You'll get video of bonus worst things first stories cut from this week's episode, video of extended guest complainer interviews, a bunch of other fun stuff. 
obviously also head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, wherever you get podcasts, hit that subscribe button and then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. Okay. I don't want to hear your shit. On Happy Hour, it's a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Yinka Rickford-Engwin, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Belisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. Uh... Once again, you can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. And I'm here to remind you of the mess you left when you went away. I've been screaming that in the shower a bunch. <laughs>